more than anything is just a horse that won't quit. There's no way he finishes. I owe him the chance. Get up. I'm Tim Finley, and this is To Live With Honor. Chapter 3. Your Horse. Show me your horse, and I will tell you what you are. English proverb. Your horse is fucking crazy. My horse? I got him for you so you could have your champion inventor from the start, or whatever. You know, you to build up, train him the way you always wanted to, or, you know. I flopped like a fish out of water. Your. No horse of mine acts like that. You're the crazy one who bought him. You two deserve each other. It was going to be a fast food night. I'd been home from work a total of three minutes, and it was evident Missy would not be cooking dinner. She sat on the couch engrossed in her phone, avoiding eye contact. Uh, hi baby. I'm home. I braced. How was your day? She snapped her head to me. Her smile dripped of sarcasm. Awful. Thanks for asking. Jen and I cut Honor's balls off. It was fabulous fun. She continued. Jen has castrated hundreds, if not thousands, of horses, and I have been there for many of them. We both agreed that no horse, ever, has been as difficult as this horse you call Honor. He's a bastard who needed his balls cut off. You cut his balls off? I feel like that might have been one of those family decisions. What if he turns out to be some stellar horse and we regret it later? I stumbled way out of my lane. There is nothing stellar about that horse. He's got a club foot. He's knobby-kneed. He's a terrible mover. His butt is way too small. He's built downhill, and he isn't exactly kid-friendly, as we discovered. He's an asshole whose most redeeming quality is that he won't be reproducing. So you cut his balls off. God help me if I leave the toilet seat up. I turned to Willoway, snoring on the carpet. You're not much support, eunuch. Great. I'm the sole testosterone reservoir left in this house, an endangered species, and my greatest threat is the woman I live with. Tim, the fact you bought this horse is proof you don't know a damn thing about them. You don't understand. No, you don't. We don't know how good of a horse he could be. What if he turns out to be some kind of a superstar, and then you're dining on your words with a side of cult balls, ruining the day you deprived him of his manhood? You can't be serious. I mean it. Are you joking? If it's any consolation, Jen almost let him keep his balls. He tried to kill us. It's better for him and, frankly, the fences to get gelded. It will at least help him settle down, and God knows he could use it. He's so angry, so afraid, and I'm not convinced that he isn't actually mean. I can't get close enough to tell the difference between aggression and fear. I've been working with horses my entire life, Tim. I'm not being a bitch, I'm being honest. I'm telling you, he is not even remotely stallion material. There's a reason he was $120 at a shit auction. His confirmation sucks, his attitude is atrocious, and to be blunt, he is dangerous. Cutting him was the responsible thing to do, and someone around here has to have some. 
but he was so out of control and so vile that we almost gave up. We had to drug him three times the normal dosage just to be able to do it. It was like he just shrugged off the drugs. It's bad enough trying to catch him to put a halter on him. Imagine running down that same horse and then trying to confiscate his testicles. An asshole. An evil asshole. Nothing honorable about him. Not since Lorena Bobbitt has male genital mutilation inspired such vindication. That was by far the worst castration of Jen's entire career. Jen even offered honors balls in a jar as a trophy for the whole ordeal. But I declined. I remembered the few times Missy asked me to put a halter on him. I never could. Putting a halter on honor was to shake hands with a psychotic rattlesnake. Much of her grievance was well-founded. The difference was, I didn't think him mean or aggressive, but what the hell did I know about horse behavior anyway? He wanted nothing to do with anyone and was willing to fight for his solitude. He grazed, comfortable in his hermit-like existence. His solitude offered him security, <laughs> akin to Ted Kaczynski, with similar disdain for society. Treats didn't work. Hay didn't work. Bringing our mini-pony up from the adjacent paddock didn't work. I shuddered any time I heard, I need your help. And honor required a lot of help. Eventually, we just left the halter on him for the sake of ease. He ran with reckless abandon around the paddock, careening into fences and cartwheeling into one injury after the next. He cared so little for his own safety, much less ours. Caring for honor required courage, perseverance, patience, and quick feet. Honor was a bad horse, even in forgiving terms. Yet, I rationalized it with a keg-half-full kind of attitude. <laughs> Look, he's fast. Missy usually just glared. You just wait. Champions aren't born, they're forged. I said it tongue-in-cheek, but in my heart of hearts, I knew how much I didn't know. And I knew how much Missy did know. And she'd probably forgotten more than I ever would. She was an atheist in the faith of honor. The spark of distant stars I saw the night of the auction house still twinkled behind the cloud of my foolishness, but even I was battling the obvious reality. Weeks had passed with no change. I wanted to believe in him. I wanted to believe some nascent greatness hid inside that hodgepodge of equine bolt-on parts, but he gave me nothing to believe in. I tried to lighten the mood. <laughs> I have this vision of you two chasing him down, wrestling him in a montage set to Holding Out for a Hero or some other 80s female power pop song. What's that? She asked, curious. Granted, an age gap split our childhoods into two distinct eras, but Missy grew up a horse girl. Let me explain what this means to the layman. Samantha Armstrong once said, the daughter who won't lift a finger in the house is the same child who cycles madly off in the pouring rain to spend all morning mucking out a stable. Missy's childhood was a vacuum of pop culture, music, movies, or anything from the MTV generation. Her childhood was horses. That's it. Horses. Even the most notable, most ubiquitous names, movies, songs, etc. Those were uncharted history. Of course, being an historian and a product of 80s music, this made for week-long vicarious rediscoveries. In a way, it was a bonus having a significant other with such a blank canvas childhood. Bonnie Tyler? She stared blankly. Pat Benatar? My face drooped in disbelief. 
You don't know who Pat Benatar is. Look, if this Pat What's-Her-Face didn't ride in the Rolex or the Olympics, then she wasn't important to me. Blasphemy! I condemned her with a pointed finger. Pat Benatar is a saint. Sorry you lost me, but please don't let me interrupt. You look like you're about to break into song. Go ahead. She waved her hand in a shooing motion as if encouraging. My face tightened with anger. I squinted. The corners of my mouth shrunk, seething. Many times I tried to tell you. Many times I cried alone. I spun into interpretive dance, the living room my stage as I continued. Always I'm surprised how well you cut my feelings to the bone. I bounded around the room with flowy legs and arms. My voice, breathy and vulnerable, pulled on emotion true to the spirit of 80s music. Fluid movements carried me atop the fireplace setting and then onto the couch, spinning, stepping, whirling, and then leaping onto the coffee table, my eyes fixed on Missy's. My voice turned delicate. Don't wanna leave you really. I've invested too much time to give you up that easy to the doubts that complicate your mind. My voice filled the room with glorious, fearless sound. I boomed the starlet's words like they were Shakespeare to the ceiling fan. We belong to the light. We belong to the thunder. We belong to the sound of the words We've both oh fallen under oh My arms stretched wide, catching those words we had fallen under Whatever we deny or embrace For worse or for better I squeezed a falsetto and opened a flared hand to Missy We belong, we belong, we belong together Missy fell over on the love seat a shade shy of purple. Tears flowed from her eyes. She couldn't speak. Her spasming abs squeezed the air from her chest. She gasped like she was drowning, a loud honking noise. I dropped my act. Nothing in this house is sacred. I marched into my office and sat at my computer. I called out, When you've regained your faculties, I have homework for you. A few moments later, she walked into the office, exhausted, keeping her hand pressed against her aching abs. Thanks, I needed that. What's my homework? This. I pointed at the YouTube video of We Belong. I stood up and ushered her into the seat. With the comforting voice of a grade school instructor, I began the lesson. Pat Benatar, Bonnie Tyler, Joan Jett, Belinda Carlisle, Ann Wilson, Stevie Nicks. Wait, I know Stevie Nicks. She did that landslide song, right? I glared. Unreal. Stick with me here. Okay, Susanna Hoffs, well, the Bengals as a whole, really. Sort of like Ann Wilson and Hart, because it was actually the Wilson sisters. Missy's eyes glazed over, saturated with information. We could throw in Tiffany because of a remake of I Think We're Alone Now, which was pretty good skating rink stuff, but that opens the door to some of the other crooners like Debbie Gibson, who, I might add, was banging hot in the 80s, but it might open up unwanted doors to the poppier females like Cindy Lauper who's cheeky at best, but she did have a couple mentionables like Time After Time and the Goonies song, but those- What are Goonies? She was a little girl who caught one word of Einstein's theory of relativity and picked it out. It was a What did you just say? Goonies, what are they? I blinked three, maybe four times. I said nothing. I just stared. A long time. 
I stared. And blinked. And stared. Oh, babe. Put your shoes on. We're going to Walmart. Why? We're getting Goonies. Wait, are you going to tell me what they are first or just leave me hanging, Mr. Pat? Bernard Chur? Benatar, no. We're going on a treasure hunt together. The reference hit her forehead and glanced off. For Goonies? Yep. We're going on an adventure to dig up some Goonies. Grab your whip and hat, Indiana. Who's Indiana? Never mind. Let's go find us some Goonies. Okay. Put your phone down and stop trying to look it up. Google sucks the fun out of Discovery. A rolling thunder shook the house. Is that an earthquake? Earthquakes hit Choctaw a couple times a week. Most too small to feel. But on occasion, they were noticeable. Missy sat unresponsive, phone resting in her hand. I snatched it while she was distracted and pocketed it. The rumble continued. She sneered at me and then cocked her head like the RCA Jack Russell. She wrinkled her brow, confused. The rumble continued. Then a banshee screech pierced through the house walls, faintly resembling a horse's whinny. Her expression turned smug. She batted her eyelashes. No, it's not an earthquake. The drugs wore off. It's your horse. It wasn't all bad. In between the bricks we threw at each other, there was a mortar keeping us together. Humor. And music. I guess music has always sort of been the glue that held at least me together, and so it made sense that that would be the olive branch I often extended. Everything from Beethoven to Bon Jovi, (laughs) and maybe a little heavy on the Bon Jovi, music always spoke in non-existent language what I could never capture with words. There's something primal in music, richly coded in our DNA, that spans every culture on Earth, that gives the power to evoke, and evoke is the word, and so I use it that way, to evoke when needed. My life has always had a definitive soundtrack. I I don't just attach songs to memories as I think most do. Instead, I frame and paint memories with specific songs. Sometimes it was a song in the moment that, by coincidence, captures the moment perfectly. Other times, I spend hours neurotically searching for just the right song to frame a memory and hang it on the wall. Sometimes it's just the lyrics, but the sound is wrong, so I'll I'll spend just as much time searching for a cover version that captures the message and emotive need that I have of the song. So think, let it go, like, like the Disney version, only... By betraying the martyrs. (laughs) Put that in your gym rotation. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole set of dumbbell flat bench right there. Uh, And it sounds exactly like what it is. It's neurotic. But later, much later, it will have a purpose. So from here on out, just as a fun trivia nugget, I'll share the soundtrack for each episode as they hang on my walls. Up front for the sake of brevity, Honors music is Motley Crue on 11 all the time, so that's done. I'd love to play all all the songs in the episodes, 
But licenses are insanely expensive, and baby's gotta eat, so that's probably not gonna happen. I'll work in the songs that I can get, but you'll likely just have to listen to the song offline and feel the story in it. I mean, it's, it's what I do every time I hear them. So, here's the soundtrack so far. Prologue? I'm gonna be real honest here. That one, for me, is even too complex for music. I, I have yet to capture it. That memory still sits very awkwardly in the corner, and I don't know if I'll ever frame it or hang it. So, that's that. Chapter 1, the part where I'm driving to the auction house at the beginning, that would be When the Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. And then at the end of the auction house, walking away into the dark, it would be The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. Chapter 2... Kickstart my heart, Motley Crue. <laughs> when I talk about Honor's Nikki Six main, I'm not kidding. Like that's it's spot on. Chapter three, this one obvious. It's Pat Benatar, but I do encourage those who are not apprised of the '80s female power vocalist to drive down the same rabbit hole I sent Missy. There are only gems on that road. Promise you. This episode, we're headed farther west for our veteran program to feature Basecamp Inc. in Tucson, Arizona, put on by Deborah Plum and Theo Windish. The program is an immersive week-long equine therapy program. Basecamp uses Mustangs, which I love, and focuses on helping veterans struggling with reintegration both with civilian life and their families as a unit. The program is low-intensity, relaxed, and judgment-free. It is, it is family-focused and family-oriented. It is, however, not a dry program, though. So it's not necessarily for those who need to work on that at the time. But for those who are ready, it's a great location to let your guard down, to be you, and reconnect at that level with your loved ones in a way that might be missing. I talk about it in the first chapter that you can't lie to a horse. But there is also something in the horse that assures you that it won't lie back. He'll give you honest feedback and you can safely give him the same. And being able to do that with your family there in a relaxed, safe, and accepting environment is priceless. Moreover, there is a savageness of Southern Arizona. I know I've, I've ridden down there. It is, there is something out there that is just feral. And it calls to that rougher part of you. And you feel okay both being that and offloading it for when you don't need it. And Basecamp Inc. captures that perfectly. So if you're in the Southwest and you're their target audience, give Basecamp Inc. a look, and I highly encourage reaching out for more information. Life is short. You know this. Don't waste it. Go live it. I share these programs for you so you can take a knee and then get up and go live fierce. Basecamp Inc. can be found at www.bcampinc.com. That's www.bcampinc.com. Com. And I've also linked some of their videos in the show notes below. These videos are fantastic, and it's obvious they're both incredibly serious about their mission and dedicated to getting you back in the fight for yourself and your family. So go stop by www.bcampinc.com. Be sure to stop by the website at tolivewithhonor.com for this episode's photos. Leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. And as always, if you know a veteran, bring one along for the ride. I'm Tim Finley. This is To Live With Honor. Live fierce. This all ends. <laughs>